This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content and help us keep the show running by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and shonen jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we're going to be covering Butsu Zone, if you'd like to read along with us. <laughs> but I think it's Butsu Zone, David. Yeah, be sure to join the discussion in our Discord and submit your six-word summary. You can find a link to the Discord in our episode description and on our website, shownflop.com. This week, we are talking about Ginka and Luna, and we are joined by our guest, Evan. Hello. Hey, Evan. I'm Evan. Evan, thank you so much for joining us. Do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. My name is Evan God. I go by Evan. And I have a YouTube channel that talks about manga and stupid stuff like that. Hell yeah. I usually just do whatever I think sounds the most fun. Though lately I've been going a bit more into the more educational side of manga and the history of it. Though don't let that fool you into thinking I know what I'm talking about. So Evan, (laughs) I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. What is manga? Manga is Japanese comics, and the literal translation of it means something akin to whimsical pictures. Oh, I genuinely didn't know that. There we go. Damn, this guy came prepared. Yeah, and the first first time the word manga was used, at least as we know, was around, I believe it was uh, in the early 1800s, used for some paintings. Though those didn't really match the modern description of manga, but that's where the Great Wave comes from. That was originally one of those manga paintings. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I have a question. So I saw you made a video on Dick Fight Island. Oh, yes. (laughs) I hoped I would get to talk about this. This is my favorite part of the day. So my question, though, is are you familiar with A Gravity Boys? Yes, I do know about it. So do you know about the penis magic, the magical penis arc? Yes, I've heard about it. I haven't read it, but yeah. Oh, it's so good. But Evan, please (laughs) tell me about Dick Fight Island. Jordan's pulling it up on adding it to his reading list right now. Yeah. So yeah, Dick Fight Island is the best battle shonen from later years. It's actually a boy's love uh, porn manga. Oh. It's disguised <laughs> as a big tournament arc where we have all these tribes sending their representatives that all have to duke it out in a great tournament where everyone has like their own specialty that the tribe, the tribe has. And the tournament is all one-on-one fights where the winner is the person who gets the other two ejaculates first. <laughs> That's definitely a porn manga. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that reminds me of, uh, have you ever read Keijo? Oh yeah, I've, uh, I know about Keijo, yeah. Keijo fucking rules. This is even a bit more explicit than that, but yeah. Yeah, because like the whole joke with Keijo is that they're not even remotely sexual about it, even though it's boobs and ass, whereas yours sounds much more horny. Mm. Well, it's just straight porn. Uh, Exactly. And it's epic. (laughs) But you know what manga wasn't straight porn? Oh, what? This series, Guka, Guka, <laughs> Ginka, and Luna. So let's dive into hearing about the manga details. AKA Glunka. Yes, yes. Jordan, take it off. So I would love to say the name of the author here, but David didn't. Fine. <laughs> All right, it. give me a second. Do your own research, Jordan. Uh, you got me into a into a pattern, David. Well, you don't remember it from our chibi episode? No. So this was written by Watanabe Shinpei. And, you know, you might remember them as an assistant for Kate Kamiki, who wrote Magu-chan. Yeah. Evan, are you familiar with that series? I did actually read the first couple of chapters in preparation for this. But before that, I only knew about it, but hadn't actually read it. 
You know, it's so funny because in the chibi, I think David was like, man, he should team up with the guy from Magu-chan, the guy who- Right, fuck, I did say that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> You'd think that the art in Magu-chan would be better if Sky was there, <laughs> but apparently not. Oh, yeah. And uh, shout out, we actually just finished our Magu-chan long form review. So people can check that out on the Patreon where we uh, had probably one of the best endings we've ever read in a canceled manga. Legitimately fantastic ending, like brought the whole thing up an extra point like yeah. of quality. Like and Watanabe confirmed in Jump Giga that he's a fan of Hunter Hunter, which like who isn't? He's a fan of Hunter Hunter, Gantz and Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Interestingly enough, uh, Full Metal Alchemist is not listed there, which is <laughs> Yes. Interesting to me. Anyway, the author's other works include four one-shots from 2017 to 2021, including Social Game, which got an honorable mention for an online jump rookie award in 2017. Man, you know, those rookie awards don't seem to lead to... Uh... Most people who win these awards never seem to have actually be successful. It's what the Golden Cup curse where anyone... Evan, I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's like anyone who wins that award is actually like never succeeds in Shonen Jump. Yes, I've heard of that. <laughs> He also did Immortal Spirit Honemi-chan, which was in Jump Giga Winter in 2019, uh, which was his print debut. Uh, then we got uh, Sugihagi's Eight Mysteries in, again, Jump Giga, and Pico Pico's Disease, which is actually in Weekly Shonen Jump for a double issue in 2021. This series ran from September 12th, 2022 to April 10th, 2023, so relatively recently canceled. And it replaced a little manga, David, called Earth Child. Oh, God. Oh, man. We remember that. The series is one good chapter. And I think we remember the author of the series that replaced this. This would be Do Retry by Jun Kirarazaka. Oh, I, I fucked to talk that up too. By, by Ju- Jun K. No, by Jun Kirarazaka of ugh, ugh, Bone Collection. Ugh. I don't, I think people said it's better. I just don't know really if it's like worth reading though. I think you'd have to uh, really fuck up to be worse than Bone Collection. That is true. But this series was in the same serialization round as Tokyo Demon Bride Story, which we covered very recently by Tadaichi Nakama. And Giga and Gluna ran for a way too long 29 chapters over four volumes. Yes, and let's hear what happened in those as we dive into plot summary. All right. Luna, which is spelled as Gluna or Gluna, but it's a silent G and we cannot pronounce the umlaut. What was it one of the rappers said there's silent G like the G in lasagna? I don't know. It's good. <laughs> Might have been Biggie Smalls. Who said that. Luna is a little girl living alone on a snowy mountain after the death of her mother. One day, she gives a scarf to a badly made snowman, and it turns into a thick snowman named Ginka, who is a powerful magician that got trapped in snowman form. He spends the next few years teaching her magic until she becomes really fucking good at it. Ginka wants to leave the mountain, but he can't because he's a snowman and he'll fucking melt. So Luna just casts a spell on him that makes him not melt easy peasy i wonder why he couldn't fucking do that and they leave to find a way to get ginka's real body back they find themselves in a city where they meet Baretta, a nice magician who's good with machines but really shitty at magic her and luna become fast friends she takes them to the uh i don't know the, the place where you get missions in an rpg god yeah it's so blatantly artificial yeah ginka and luna do a bunch of five star 
our quests. To gain a bunch of EXP or something, it doesn't fucking matter. They're so impressive that they're assigned a 7 star quest to save people from a mine. There they meet Anemone, another witch who's better than Beretta but worse than Luna at magic. Everyone is impressed that Luna doesn't need a wand or even to say magic words to cast spells. Turns out, the mind itself is alive and filled with acid and tentacles, but the miners were saved by Minigin, a tiny fragment of Ginkka, and they help bring everyone back to the surface. In order to bring Ginkka back to strength, they must get all the other Ginkka fragments and fuse them back together, although it's complicated because Minigin is worried that he will cease to exist, so they need to find a way to have them fuse without him losing his uh, losing himself like Eminem. <laughs> and this is really interesting. Just kidding, this plot point gets dropped. Popcorn David. Before it's dropped though, everyone decides to climb a huge mountain to get to the Magic Guild in order to see if there's a way to fuse the Ginkas together in a way that won't kill Minigin. They come across Karula, a powerful magician with two apprentices who are little kids. He fights Gluna, which causes her to go all out and reveal she uses dark magic, which is taboo. Yeah. Then Ginka shows up and it turns out that he and Karula are friends slash rivals, so the fight stops, but we know they were secretly lovers. Yes. They get a letter of recommendation from Karula to get into the Magic Guild under the guise of a non-magic user. Um, or a basic as they call them and discover that the magicians living there are real dicks. The team thankfully winds up in the library regardless where Luna gets into a fight with a powerful witch with one eye called Shaharazad or Hera who has the book they need. Luna steals it from her then Ginka shows up which pisses Hera off because Ginka is the one who took her eye. Here's where the other plot point with Minigin is totally dropped. Hera is actually Anemone's abusive master and she pokes her eyes out to continue being abusive. There's a confusing fight where Ginka and Luna win and Shaharazad is captured by Mefuzula, guildmaster who and Ginkin. I'm sure Jordan was surprised they said that one right on the first try. You did not say that right. You said Shaharazard. That wasn't, no, that, that. Oh, you mean Methuselah. Yes. I worry about you, Jordan. We all watched, uh, what was that manga? What was that anime? Blood or whatever? I don't know. Where it was like a vampire thing with the. Oh, Trinity Blood? I think so, yeah. Where the vampires were called like Methuselans or something. And she has a servant named Locke who hates magicians but chooses to live with them for some reason. Mefuzla sends them off with Locke to a village where some shit is going down. Popcorn, Evan. When they get there, they meet a powerful magician named Nosferatu who uses flute magic to make trees grow for no payment and it's definitely not evil. Totally reasonable yeah, guy. Yeah, completely normal, not a bad guy. Yeah, I'm sure nothing's gonna yeah. happen. Then, no. Luna stops a little kid from trying to stab him. The kid tells them that Nosferatu killed and ate everyone in his village. Oh my god, he's evil? Who no way! Thought? What? No way! What? The wizard with the veiny staff? Or the wizard with the veiny wand is evil? The wizard named Nosferatu is evil? So, Nosferatu wants to drain the happiness or something from all the townspeople to summon Magaraku, a dude who brought down the old kingdom that invented magic and wants to eat the moon, I guess? Something. We get a flashback of Ginka as a little kid with horns. He tries to save his sister, who was bought by a rich guy, by working hard and pulling himself up by his bootstraps, but the rich guy already killed his sister. A creepy bunny. It's actually, like, pretty brutal. He, like... Kills and mounts the skull. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was not ready for that when that happened. A creepy bunny tells him that his horns give him super magic powers and he destroys the rich guy's castle. Turns out the bunny was Magaraku. What? Who bursts out of Nosferatu's body in Ginka's original form. Luna fights him and uses memory magic bullshit to erase her memories of Ginka in order to gain superpowers and she sends him running away. Off screen, I might add. Yeah, it's, yeah. The rest of the manga consists of trying to help Luna get her memories back. After a while of trying, it doesn't work. So Ginka introduces himself to her again in the hope that they can once again be friends. Aww. <laughs> Aww. So let's dive into the characters in which there are, I think, two because no one else matters except for Ginka and Luna. Yeah, it's so funny because you can see on here that David wrote five characters here and then quickly realized that three of them are completely irrelevant and Ginka and Luna are the only ones who even remotely mattered. I was about to say, you don't like Mr. I Hate Magicians and everything he has going on for him. Yeah, yeah, he does so much in this plot. Everyone contributes so much. If you notice, I didn't even include the only fight scene he's in because it means nothing. <laughs> nothing matter. We'll get into why I fail, but let's talk about these two characters yeah. real quick. Evan, do you mind telling us about Luna? Yeah, so Luna is really uh, upbeat and a go-getter, I suppose you could call her. Yeah. She believes uh, that magic can help her do anything. That's what she was taught, and she is in it all about having fun. And uh, and then she decides that, after all, she wants to start helping people. I, at some point she decided that. I don't really know when that happens, but... Well, because she's such a nice person. She's just nice. Yeah, she is so nice, in fact, that in chapter two, when the dragon talked, talked about uh, murdering people for fun, she didn't really seem too bothered about that. But uh, I guess she became a bit bigger person in one chapter. I feel like it's a progression of a lot of bad authors where they'll start a character being chaotic good and realize it's hard to write chaotic good characters that just don't seem kind of like assholes. Like Denji threads that Denji might be chaotic neutral, to be honest, but it's just so much easier to write a lawful good character. Mm. Yeah. And I was kind of disappointed because I thought really this series was like, what's the tale of two chaotic good characters doing their best? And then she becomes lawful good. I'm like, well, that's boring now. Yeah. Speaking of uh, characters who aren't really uh, lawful good, interestingly, let's see if this sounds familiar. She tries to bring her mother back to life (laughs) using a uh, what looks like an alchemical circle on the ground. And then Ginka tells her, don't fucking do that. That's not right. That's bad. She travels with a soul that's in an artificial body. Yeah. Oh my god, this bothered me so much. Can I talk about this? In chapter 2, there is literally a quote from Ginka saying, I'm so great, my magical energy can even revive the dead. He does? (laughs) Yeah, he says that. And then they say at the end, there's three things you can't do, which they later change into four things, except one of them is the same thing, is just an application of one of the three rules. Can we talk about how fucked up that is of him to say when in this world, 10 years ago, he refused to bring her mother back. And then he just proudly exclaims to her, yeah, I can bring back the dad, no problem. That's, that's no big deal for me. Just fuck you and buddy. So I do want to, let's definitely get into Ginkgo, but I do want to say I think Luna is a Mary Sue as well in that she can do everything effortlessly and everyone thinks she's great except for the bad guys. And that's why they're bad because they don't think she's great. Yeah. This might be the most blatant Mary Sue I've seen in Shonen Jump. 
It's possible, you know, I mean, the, the term Mary Sue does get, I feel, overused, but here it's, no, I, I would agree. This is, this is very much a Mary Sue. There's really nothing to her character other than she's nice and good at things. Yeah. All right. But let's get into Ginka. He is a talking snowman. I actually thought it's really funny how greedy he is, but like they kind of like half put the effort in of him where it's like only he's only greedy when it's funny yeah. rather than it being like a legit character trait. So it just it's just like an excuse to make jokes. And he's kind of like her dad in a way. It's kind of weird. But yeah, it's just like there's so much inconsistency about how this character, both personality and background works that I honestly don't really know how to describe him very well. I would agree. And the thing about Ginka is that he's just the best magician ever. Wow. Ginka is so good. How strong is he, David? Strong as he needs to be. Yes, he is exactly as strong as he needs to be in every fight. Like they make a point of saying, oh, Ginka can only do like one or two magical things or he'll like melt and fall apart. And then there are fights where he just does a bunch of shit that like completely disregards that. And he just totally kicks ass way more than they implied he'd be able to. Yeah, it's just there's no rules that nail him down. It changes constantly. And that makes it so that every single fight, they seem to try to figure out a way to write him out of the fight. For some reason, he can't be there, whether that was because he was in a different part of the library and couldn't hear the fights going on, or he was busy playing submarine for three days. <laughs> I love how Beretta, one of the characters I dropped because she didn't really matter, her only contribution in like this fight against <laughs> the evil witch was she got Ginka. Yeah, that's true. Beretta does absolutely nothing, which is why- None of these our characters do anything because this series is a fucking garbage fire, so why don't we get into why it failed? Yes. This will probably be the easiest ever to write why it failed section ever, so Jordan, take it away. Yeah, first of all, there is no consistency here at all. We kind of alluded to it. Like, they introduce, like, so many different plot points that seem like, like they're going to be relevant. And then it just isn't. It's yep. just not. They make a whole point of saying, we have to acquire all of Ginka's uh, fragments in order to get his body back. And then, when they're fighting Nosferatu, Magaraku just shows up in Ginka's body, which is, like, almost fully formed. Oh, my God. Which is like, oh, well, I guess none of that mattered. Fuck that little mini yin character. He doesn't matter. God. And also, like, this series, so many of these chapters just feel like summaries of, like, multiple chapters. I mean, the first chapter is literally three different pilots stitched together. Yeah. I would say it's three different arcs. Yes. Remember the kaiju element in the first chapter that never comes up again? Yeah. They fought a big, big goat monster with two heads and three titties. That feel one. That <laughs> feel one, no. Three titty, two headed ghost monster GF. Outside of the fact they constantly changing its plot, it has some of the weakest internal, like, I genuinely think the editor of the series should have been fired for this. Yeah. This is the most incompetent editor I've ever seen. Okay, sure. The manga had issues, but there are things that are 100% on the editor that he should have caught. He should have noticed the lack of internal consistency within the very own chapter there are consistency issues like there are scenes where uh luna has cuts on her arms that, that in the scene like the page adjacent to when she gets those cuts they are missing how do you fuck up that badly and they even bring it up they even say you're so badly cut it's not even yeah. just a subtle detail it should be like a major plot point 
Like, imagine if that happened in, like, Naruto, where it's, like, one pan panel Naruto's covered in blood, and the next panel, that nah, is totally fine, whatever. That would be horrible, and that's basically what happens here. Also, this series does something that I fucking hate, which is it introduces a brand new magic power, which here it's memory magic, the ability to get rid of your memories for like uh, superpower, which could have been interesting. But what happens is, is that they introduce it and then have a flashback of Genka explaining it to Gluna because it never comes up ever. This happens multiple times too, where they will cut back to her training or reference her training and how hard she worked, but they didn't show her training at all. Every time I get some emotional flashbacks to her time with Ginka, it just means nothing and it comes out of nowhere. The author made her too powerful and you can't write a story about a character that starts this powerful because the only times where it's interesting have already been done. Also, like the memory magic thing is kind of confusing because basically she has like a flashback where she's like meeting her younger self and they're watching like an old memory. And it's sort of implied that that memory and the old memory is when she tried to bring her mother back using the full metal alchemist alchemy symbol. And basically it's sort of implied that she erased that memory and Ginka taught her the memory magic to help her get over her trauma or at least erase it which is sounds extremely unethical to teach a little girl that but regardless it's confusing because it's implied that she forgot that and now she's remembering it which makes the fact that she is unable to remember Genka very confusing yeah, well there's also the fact that like they say that her form of magic is illegal and it's like highly heretical so Genka was teaching her this whole time extremely evil like evil aligned illegal magic and didn't even warn her when they're leaving them out and be like hey don't use your magic you're going to have have people come and try and arrest you for doing illegal magic, which also doesn't make sense because his like friend or whatever, that dude on the mountain, they said, oh, he hasn't used his wand to cast magic in like 10 years when he's casting magic without a wand. So why is what he's doing OK, but what Luna's been doing is illegal? It's almost like uh, because of something taboo that happened, she can uh, use alchemy. I mean, magic with her arms that are special arms. God, we should have made the art of full metal alchemist parody. Yeah, I just actually finished rereading it, too. Yeah. Evan, how about you? What uh, is there anything they haven't brought up that stood out to you as issues with the series? Well, in addition to just the myriad of plot points that go nowhere, you mentioned the stuff about the dark magic. Uh, the guild makes like no sense at all. I have no sense of what the structure of this thing actually is. They mentioned that the Ginkas bodies had made a split between the guild, but then in the ne next chapter, no, every guild member is evil. Never mind. Uh, they're all bad. Except for that one dude. Yeah, except for that one dude in the sky. Yeah. Though he did try to kill Luna for no reason. And yeah, just they mentioned like royals that the guild's elites were supposed to be guarding. They are never brought up again. Though much of this can be attributed to the fact that it was cancelled. They may have had plans to go somewhere with it. Um, but yeah. It's one of those things where the bad guys are just completely irredeemably disgustingly evil. Yeah. For seemingly no reason. Mm. Like one of the first things they see is this magician just like basically being a high school bully to this basic dude. It's like literally the first thing they see. And it's like, wow, how convenient that this is happening right in front of them to teach them how it is. And there's no subtlety. Yep. 
there's no confusion here there's no intrigue it's just like no one of the guys is just a fucking asshole wow the author has a tendency to really like present something that has no basis whatsoever and then rush the justification for it so that exact thing was a thing that i noted down where the dragon tamer uh when they talk to her uh, or say goodbye to her then she says a comment something along, along the lines of this world has no justice and i just sit there what where did that come from i completely forgot about the old lady yeah, and then in the next chapter, to prove that this world has no justice, they have to present three random goons just to kick around a little basic, as they call them, and present like a class war problem. Same thing with uh, Medusa lady, uh, whatever her name was. Methuselah? Methuselah, that was it. She says that the nation has fallen to ruin as a consequence of all these uh, magicians running wild. But we haven't seen that at all. Everything yeah. up until now has been completely fine yeah it seems like things are doing well except that people are assholes is that what she means i don't know and, and by the way they completely gloss over the fact that luna lived in the mounds for 10 years and is like totally normal when she sees her the first person she's seen in 10 years <laughs> she just goes and buys bread from him and leaves like there's no scene about how this child growing up with people clearly should have no social skills that's a good point yeah she just fucking goes and buys bread and it's like well see you later i'm like that's a big moment that should be a big scene yeah, I kind of feel like it was trying to be a little bit romanced on, but just wasn't at all. Like, she should have the same response to a new person as, like, Kid Goku has. Yeah. Like, he straight up doesn't know what a girl is. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Luna would probably know what a girl is because she is a girl, but, you know. I also, oh, man, there's so much stuff that just gets, like, completely dropped. Like, every character. They walk into the library, and one of the first things you see is, like, these three corpses next to a sign that says be quiet in the library and they specifically say hey you got to be quiet in the library or else you'll be killed and then they walk in and they're like oh i guess it doesn't matter because the librarian isn't here and then they proceed to be really fucking loud in the library <laughs> it's like why did you even mention that then i thought the library was shaharazard i don't think it was shaharazard i don't think that she was uh i'm making fun of how david is pronouncing it i don't think she was because oh. methuselah says thank you for apprehending her we've been trying to find her all this time it's extremely confusing because she's the first person that they meet in the library and she just happens to have this intense hatred for ginkka and this direct connection to him and she again it's a situation where she's just being a horrible asshole for no reason yeah and oh do you remember them saying like there are two people in the guild who are gonna stand in your way who was that because the people in the picture like shaharazad is not one of them and the other guy is just some random that we'd never get to see. That's a good point. I have no idea who they were talking about. Oh, God. Um. By the way, one last thing I wanted to bring up is, did you notice the series, like, has zero sense of pacing at all? Like, we know in the plot in the long term, but even in the moment to moment, like, they have that scene with the flowers where they're like, wow, what pretty flowers, oh. blah, blah, blah. These flowers take forever. We're going to feel bad. Yeah. Obviously, you know, oh, these flowers are going to get destroyed or something. And then it's like two pages later. Like, you didn't even let that scene breathe. That was so funny. Like, holy shit. I love that. You said two pages. It was more like two panels later. Like this old guy's like, man, that was my wife's flowers. Bye. And it feels like he should be an earshot of that. It feels like he should turn and see what they did and be like, my wife's flowers. But no, he's just gone. And then the people who crushed the flowers drop just this legendary line that goes, so what? How am I supposed to relate to some old man when I ain't old? <laughs> okay, boomer. I was just dying. It was so funny. God. 
Oh, man. Speaking of humor, I do think the series is kind of funny. So shall we migrate into what it did well? The art is very competent. I think there are a few shots that are awkward. We know the paneling isn't so great, but the actual technical ability of the artist to draw, I think, is not really ever in question. I think it looks great. I mean, even though it's hard to follow, the individual panels have are really cool, or at least they look really cool a lot of the time. I like Luna's design, even if it doesn't really make sense. I really love Genka's design. If this series would better than were better, then you could get like a plushie of Genka and it would be nice. Yeah, I would love like a massive plushie of Genka. Just one of those that you can sleep on. Yeah, no, he's a cute design. I really like him as well, I like his design. I don't know if I like him. Mm. <laughs> but... I mean, when he was being like a little shit, I kind of enjoyed it. Like, again, the whole having chaotic good protagonists is a fun dynamic. And if the series actually had held them to that standard, they would have been much more interesting characters. So the little bit we do see is still a positive where Ginka is greedy in not a annoying way. I just wish that the offer hadn't kind of dropped that element to him when it's inconvenient. Genka is like two or three separate characters mashed together, and one of them's pretty fun. Yeah, I really like in his fight with Nosferatu, I believe it is, where Nosferatu is like going on about his like bullshit motivations, and Genka is just not having any of it. Yeah, I, I love that. He's trying to like uh, explain, oh, I had a tough childhood, blah, blah, blah. I was evil, so I killed people. And he's like, do you think I'm a fucking therapist? <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you think I was looking for psychoanalysis? Fuck you. No, I mean, there were like individual moments here and there that I thought were fun, that I thought like it could almost trick you into thinking this was a good series. And then you read the next part and you realize it's completely confusing. Yeah. But I. I genuinely think that if we just spent a few chapters on one of these conflicts, they could be good. Yeah. But we don't. So <laughs> I, I do, by the way, think there was one scene that I think was actually good in the offer kind of waited in that when that guy who's trying to murder him, which, by the way, they never actually sh she's just like, oh, that looks like a bad dude. But literally, like, you don't even the offer didn't even like draw him holding a knife in the scene where he's supposed to. Yeah. He wants to be a magician and his dad is like, no, I won't let you be a magician. But it turns out that the dad actually asked Nosferatu if he would be his apprentice and he said no. And he kind of covered for him. I thought that was actually some pretty good character writing, which like obviously isn't like the best thing ever. But for the syndrome of this hearing, that stood out to me as actually a form, like a small moment of competence from this writer. One moment that I actually really like was we have a flashback to Genka when he was a kid with horns. It's like identical to Eco, the video game, where it's like he has horns and he's an outcast because he has horns and he's really sad. And then he meets this realistically drawn bunny. It's a really creepy bunny. It's well drawn. He speaks in a totally different font from anybody else in the series. He just seems completely out of place and he's supposed to. He's like this horrible, seemingly love Craftian abomination. And I really liked what happened, or at least I really liked how that bunny was designed. It was really creepy. And those moments were actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I think uh, the entirety of Ginka's backstory actually had something going. I can see how that would could have been a really like emotional story if it had been given yeah. a bit more time to breathe. I think that was a good idea there. Yeah, and I think that like at least during that part, you can even forgive kind of how fast it goes because it's a flashback, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it probably would be better if they spent more time on it. But even still, just like you could still just be like, well, it was a quick flashback and the thought that he was having. That's completely fair. Yeah. 
On that note of kind of we're starting to dive into things that we would have tweaked about the series. Let's actually formally get into that topic with where it could have gone. So, Evan, what would you say is something that if you were really to have talked to the author and like told him like, hey, dude, you got to change this if you want the series. Like what stands out to you as a suggestion you want to make? Okay, so the very first thing is change the first chapter. Yeah. I dropped the series after just reading one chapter when it came out. And that was really a bummer because as we've mentioned, the art looked really cool and Ginkas design was good but it just rushed through so much and it sort of contains what I dislike the most about new Shonen Jump manga new as in uh, like the early chapters being that just Mm -hmm. it feels like the author is so afraid of the audience getting bored so he just has to cram more in there and move on and never really letting anything sit so that would be my first suggestion yeah we talked about in the chibi just there's three chapters combined and you got to pick one really and it's like is it a survival story is it a learning magic lesson is it a girl in the wilderness it's just like come on dude you got to pick a lane because it was it just tried so many different things and it failed so just pick one all these ideas are interesting if you actually do them right i think what this series should have done is start it at the very end of the first chapter like the first thing we should see is ginkga and luna coming down the mountain and it's like oh man wow this is my first time off the mountain where there's this big monster and there's a little bit of a fight scene where they fight and then they get into the previous things through like flashbacks through like the dialogue they kind of mention offhanded stuff that happens and you kind of build this little mystery like wow what was luna's life like what was going on and like that would be so much more interesting than just like nah here it all is here you go I actually disagree. I think I would have liked to have seen like a learning magic survival story where she really is in a bad spot and she is just pushed to her limit to learn this magic or she's going to die. I think that would have been really cool. I think that they could have that, but I would put that later in the series. They would either have fla- they would have flashbacks or they would have people talking about it because I just feel like that's just a completely different series than this. Well, yeah, because it sounds more interesting because the series sucked. Yeah, but it's also just I- I'm talking about if you want to do this general idea. Fine. That's what I would do fine i do also like how there was an arc where they can't use magic okay that'll be cool because i always think it's like cool to have like a depowered part where a character's like gotten too used to their abilities and now they have to like be clever and then they just use magic and then they just use magic anyway and i was yeah. like oh, okay but that would have been so cool if they legitimately like, kept their cover the entire arc everyone is way too cool with the fact that uh luna's just using <laughs> dark magic it's not a thing it's not a big deal no one cares sacrificing memory thing makes sense. I don't get why wandless magic is inherently evil. Yeah, like it would be so much more interesting if like all of her magic was memory magic and she was just like getting rid of tiny little memories or whatever. That would be more interesting. Yeah. As it is, it's just so inconsistent. It's like, what? There's another magic system? Uh, also just show like more of the application i thought it was cool when they did the magic oven fixing thing because it's always fun to be in a universe that really embraces the power system Hmm. so that would have been fun to have shown more like show how like weak spells can still have applications you don't always have to be throwing haymakers from magical perspective yeah like metallica metaluca did that better (laughs) god that series did a lot of things badly (laughs) the series sucked God, the most blatant Hunter Hunter ripoff. This series is like um, the relationship to magic is very similar to something like, say, Witch at Atelier, which goes much more into the the whole magic. It's hard not to say that's just the recommendation to read that instead of this. Yeah, I was considering it, it too, but it was a bit too obvious. Yeah, but I wanted to throw it in there somewhere. So, yeah, no, you're going to be suggesting Penis Fight. Penis Fight Island is your recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the best new gen shonen. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, Gravity Boys is, hey, let's make Penis Fight Island for teenagers. <laughs> um, all right, sorry, we're getting off track. Let's get into miscellaneous thoughts. So, Evan, I want you to kick things off, but I do want to say I screwed up. It was actually Little Wayne that said, real G's move in silence like lasagna. That makes sense. So I just want to say, listeners who are going to write me in, just know I am sorry. I misremembered. <laughs> But Evan, what was the miscellaneous fight you had that you felt like you just haven't had a chance to say yet? One thing that really bothered me was, why does Ginka love money so much? When you think about it, think about his backstory, right? You have him being a slave and having his sister bought with money as a slave and then killed by this rich guy. Then he works to save up money for years to buy her back. And then that money turns out to be useless and he doesn't get his sister back. And he laments the fact that he shouldn't have tried to buy her back with money. He should have just gone in and taken her back instead. So why does Ginka love money? Ginka should be more of a thief. Literally, like Luna meets him when he steals her food. Mm. Like, it really doesn't make sense that he cares as much about money. I mean, he spent all that time on the mountain, didn't mention money a single time. It's kind of implied that he he's a drunkard, but it's like that's not relevant until suddenly it is. It's like confusing. Hmm. I mean, again, there's no internal consistency. Yeah. One of the weird things that kind of stuck out to me was when Luna meets Methuselah, Methuselah like kind of hugs Luna. And there's this weird moment where Luna gets kind of uncomfortable and then locks like uh, she must have been steel hearted to not to to try and break out of one of one of Methuselah's hugs. And there's a moment where I'm kind of like, is the hug like magic? Yeah. Or is it creepy? Or is Luna having like a lesbian sexual awakening it's very confusing it could be like any one of those things because she blushes kind of it's yeah the whole like i can't believe she would do that i just interpreted that as lock simping for methuselah honestly god i don't i just gave up yeah that's like the most sense but it's also like i mean she is like magic and powerful and it's like is that an example of her magic yeah it was weird definitely gave me pause because it's never brought up again. It's never elaborated on. There's nothing. But it was just a weird thing that happened. I mean, there are lots of just weird things. Is Luna good at magic or not? Because they seem to act like she's shit at it, but then she's extremely overpowered. She's good at dark magic until she learns magic spells and then she just does magic spells. Fucking. I also want to say I was thinking of my favorite <laughs> or favorite manga, Witch Watch, in that there was that scene where was it Beretta, which is also weird. Why is one of the characters named after a gun manufacturer where she's like explaining something and they go blah, blah, blah for the rest of her text. And I was just thinking about Witch Watch would have been you damn coward. You fucking write everything she's saying. I don't care if that's an entire page of text. That's how you do it. <laughs> Because that happened multiple times in Witch Watch where they literally have like Tagashi style an entire page of text. There's two ways you do that. One is, yes, an entire page of text. Or what you do is you have it cut off by the word bubble, you know? Yeah. But neither of those happens. It's like she just, oh, you know, uh, you know, that, that's something, something, blah, blah, blah. Like she says blue words, blah, blah, blah. So lazy. Yeah. And then Maxi B has some thoughts where the first of all, they wish to establish that they hate the series and you can see their full thoughts and how much they hate the series on our Patreon. And then diving into some of the names, Shaharazad is the name that comes from the storyteller of A Thousand and One Nights, aka the Arabian Nights. It's not clear why this name was picked. Mafuzla is named for the exceptionally long lived religious. Okay, but real quick, real quick, while we're talking about Shaharazad, I would like to point out that they also call her Hera for short, but it's confusing because a lot of the things are also named after Greek like things. 
things like there's a place called Aries. There's like other examples that I don't remember. So it was like you're going for two things here and they don't go together. They're from like completely different, you know, cultures here. It's like Shahrazad is a thousand one Arabian Nights and Hera is a Greek goddess. What's going on? Well, the word Hera does appear in that name. Yeah, I get that. I'm pretty sure the reason is just it sounds cool in Japanese. Yeah. It's just the, I mean, the series was definitely real cool. I mean, have you looked at Ginka? <laughs> Buzzinga. Oh, also, as a note for the offer, why would you make a series where most people reading it won't know how to properly pronounce the name of your manga? I mean, David, you have trouble pronouncing the name of every manga. I do, but most people don't know how to treat that. <laughs> well, in Japanese, I assume it's written in katakana, so the, the pronunciation is kind of spelled out for you. That's fair. Okay. And then Methuselah is named for the exceptionally long-lived religious figure in Judic, Christian, and Islamic texts. Suitably, in this area, she is a deceptively youthful-looking character who is, in fact, old enough to have trained all the elite magicians. Nosferatu is named after the Romanian word for vampire, so it's completely unrelated to anything else. It's also, fun fact, one of the most famous silent movies is called Nosferatu, and it's called that because it was actually called Dracula, but they couldn't get the rights, so they called it Nosferatu. God, it's crazy when things are that old. Yeah. Locke is almost definitely named for John Locke, renowned philosopher, which probably explains his skepticism. And there are several other characters that Watanabe seems to have just made up names for, and there's absolutely no historic origin for him. Nope. So why not? Like, there's a character named Anemone. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> There isn't like even any way to connect her to like a sea anemone. I don't know why her name was anemone. I don't know. And then Evan, do you have any other miscellaneous thoughts? Yeah, I have two things. One short and one a bit longer. The first one is that, you know, in the movie Get Out, yeah. the director wanted to sort of show what's a way we can show that this character is a psychopath, is evil. The Fruit Loops. Yeah, the Fruit Loops, right? This has a moment of that in which I am assuming the author asked himself, what is the most evil thing a person can do? And the answer he came up with was a disorganized bookshelf. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hera, Hera is like, they're in the library and one of the ways, that, the first way that they know she's evil is that she puts a book back in the wrong order. <laughs> and she's like, well, who says that two has to come after one? Which, by the way, she, I think, misplaced the book number four because if you look at the dots on the book, it goes one, two, three, and then it's obscure and then five is next to it. <laughs> they didn't even look properly at the art when they wrote the dialogue. No, of course not. Yeah. It's just those little things. God. Yeah. One thing that this series could have had going for it was, so we mentioned the thing about Luna going from being maybe a bit more, almost amoral in the beginning, when she doesn't really care that people are dying. She just wants to have fun. She even tries to seemingly recruit the dragon and asks him to train with her. And then she goes more towards being more about protecting the weak and helping people. It's kind of a problem that the series had overall, where it sort of has two different messages that it tries and I think kind of fails to balance, which is the one which is magic is about fun. With magic, you can do anything. And the other is the always classic with great power comes great responsibility, sort of where we see those people in power are abusing the magic and we get the message that magic should be used for protecting the weak and only that. And I feel like those two messages kind of conflict with each other and it could have been cool to yeah 
yeah. use that and actually address that fact. But now instead they kind of just flip-flop between whichever message is convenient at the moment. Yeah. I feel like Luna is kind of a Luffy ripoff, but really shitty. Mm. Because it's like you first see her and she's like, as a little kid, she's like sad and angry. And then she shows up and she's just so happy-go-lucky. But the thing that the author misses is that Luffy is kind of an asshole. Mm. He's kind of a selfish dick. Yeah, he explicitly says he's not a hero because heroes share their meat and he doesn't do that. He's very selfish. I really would have liked to see Luna be more selfish. Like, she's so giving and just such a nice person. Ginga's supposed to embody that. But he doesn't. Oh, no, he doesn't. But also, yeah, she was raised by somebody who's supposed to be greedy, basically, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Them's the breaks, kids. But I'm getting greedy to talk about the final verdict. So let's dive into that. Nice. You saved it. Yeah, let's do it. We have quite a lot of six-word summers from the community. So I'm going to dive in and go through these real quick. From Tucker, boring horseshits never look so pretty. From Maxi B, I barely consider this a comic. Dude rocks, <laughs> a decent, fun, and charming mess. Kermit the Grog, I read Ginka as Santa's Undertale. <laughs> Scott, cute characters. Sorry about the execution. Redblade, lacking commitment retroactively makes everything filler. T-Wolfwood, side characters who? Plot where? Whatever. Xylon, Luna forgets Ginka, offer everyone else. Real? Fun idea, but couldn't sustain it. From Meru, I miss Magico manga so much. DigiZ, the evil AI, magic does anything but stay interesting. From Thors, all these ingredients forgot to cook. Luffy, speaking of Jordan, mm. Luna's lucky I don't remember this mess. Loser, much like Luna, I forgot everything. I'm sensing a theme. Lord Anubis, first chapter's pacing's scared me off. From Chicken Warlord, whatever happened in consistency and world building. From Dev Brev, Frosty the Snowman, but without focus. Portal Man, sorry, I hibernated throughout this story. From Kirby Mon, unfortunately Magic can't write successful manga. From Meru, new Magic Gathering ban and restricted announcement. From Diego, the Snowman never bothered me anyway. From hey. Sandman, did you know Hawaii, it snows. Drago, author sitting on the TV remote. From Vanarchist, Snowman is so cute, so unfocused. Blamumu, everyone forgot the plot. Try again. <laughs> Andy's Island, who is actually our guest next episode. Ooh. Luna's grungy, grubby gab gets gutted. I just want to say sorry for folks who submitted multiple just because there were so many I didn't have time, but I still appreciate you submitting multiple ideas. I just had to go with the first one you submitted just for the sake of time. God, that was sorry if I shotgun. That was that was a fucking lie. That was like at least 30. <laughs> and Evan, how about you? What was your six word summary? So I just decided to go with the sentence that I uttered many times over the series, each time more apathetic than the last, which is sure. Guess we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. How about you, Jordan? This art deserved a better plot. Again, I think you should you should go back to Senpai and team up with the Magu writer. Yeah. And mine was chaotic good protags, just chaotic plot. Nice. Yeah, until they're not chaotic good. Yeah. Just like how the smug is good until it's not. Just yeah. kidding, it's never good. Because uh, does anyone have an argument for why this is not a certified flop? I mean, it's just the art, but even then, I'm not going to argue that too hard because I do think it's a certified flop. God, this is bad. I mean, this is definitely not the worst thing we've ever read, but yeah, I could have seen a time where we would have said this was. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So, Evan, what would you think, since you thought this was a certified flop, what would you recommend our dear listeners check out instead? So, I decided that I would recommend a manga where it's committed to the awful, shitty world and shitty people. And that's why I, yeah. I recommend the works of Q Hayashida, meaning Dorohe Doro hmm. and Die Dark in particular. Dora Doro is so good. I love it. Jordan loves that series. How about you, Jordan? Oh, man, I was trying to say something other than Full Metal Alchemist, but I guess it's just Full Metal Alchemist. You could Alchemist. recommend uh, Demons of the Shadow Realm, which is their new series. Well, I didn't read that, so I don't know how that is. You could recommend it. I haven't read it either. <laughs> it's on my to-do list. 
<laughs> so I guess neither of us can recommend it. It's okay, Jordan. You can recommend Full Metal Alchemist if you want, big guy. All right, Full Metal Alchemist. Or listening, is there a Norwegian metal band you really want people to check out? Uh, yeah, I heard Immortal put out a new album. I haven't listened to it, but you can also check out In the Heart of Winter, which is a really good Immortal album. <laughs> that sounds good to me. My recommendation is I am on a vintage kick. Just finished rereading Full Metal Alchemist, and my next series that I'm reading is Dr. Slump. So if you want to see Ooh. shitty characters in a well-written manga, I would check out Dr. Slump. Nice. I can't believe I've never read it before. Yeah, I haven't either. Evan, have you read Dr. Slump? I have not. I have only heard about it. Oh, there you go. All right. Shall we go on to shout outs? Mm -hmm. Evan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a total blast recording with you. I think you are our first guest from Norway, so you've set the bar way too high. Where can our wonderful listeners find all the great things you do? So you can find me on YouTube at EvanGod. I'm guessing you can figure out how to spell that by looking at something around where you're playing this podcast. And you can go on Twitter, EvanGod, as well. By the way, there are two A's. Yeah. Well, there are three A's. And you'll be able to find a link to everything in our show notes. Yeah. And then, Jordan, I want to say props to you for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host, and helping with editing. Thanks, David. And thank you so much for all the work that you do on this podcast, all the editing, all the structuring. It's great. Oh, thank you, man. I'm just, it's just, I can't believe we're three years in and we're still having just as much fun. God, really? You know? I also want to give props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. Find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. I'm going to be seeing him in three weeks. It's always a treat. Hell yeah. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. Find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. You can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever else you get your podcast. And join the Shonen Flop Discord. Open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us, talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. Also, have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying this podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. Wouldn't be able to keep running the show without their support. You get a ton of awesome perks like exclusive of content including jordan what are we launching this month well we're finishing up our coverage of magu-chan hell yeah we are joined by the legendary tucker and maxi b in our first ever piece of content with two guests yeah you can even be listening into our recordings live or listen to the warm-up audio and hear the jokes that we made during this episode that don't make sense unless you listen to that <laughs> you can find it at patreon.com slash flop and real quick i'm going to read some of our patrons starting with our chainsaw man patrons we have d man bro guy and if you killed you've lost a very important part of your life moving on down to my favorite tier the ravioli tier where evan you get weekly photos of my dog ravioli she just got fixed so she is wearing the cone of shame Aww. and looking as adorable as can be we have chris eva israfant josh robinson karate chopsticks rachel my wonderful fiance she sent me surprise delivery of barbecue where she sent me way too much food and she was like well you wouldn't order this much food if you had ordered it for yourself and i wanted you to enjoy yourself which is very sweet scarrow mirmanen and trevor schechner moving on down to the king of the forest we have 090z shala florine ego gabe lando jacob andrew galloway kirby mon marnie max baker t the real jory the wolf the wooden trafalgar tommy boy and which three of you are currently not wearing pants penis 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 i also want to give a big thank you to our galactic ball federation and beast children patrons as well and jordan anything you want to add you know, check out Mission Ignition and my Instagram, Jordan Forbes Art. And now I work at a pizza place. Mamma Mia. Yeah. All right. Let's get into sign offs. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on Butsu Zone. God, I don't even know how to pronounce it right Butsu, anymore. Butsu, just calling Butsu it Zone, but leave Butsu it Butsu Zone, yeah. It's just funny to say Butsu Zone. Butsu Zone. We'll probably be calling it Butsu yeah, Zone. Yeah, especially if, it's, if it sucks. If it's butts. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Evan. You've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers! Yeah. Ah. All right, bye.